Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. He's hovering a little over 50% in his completion percentage in 11-on-11 periods through the first week of camp. If he's not completing 60-some percent of his passes once the games start, that's going to be a problem. Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. Molly Brown, Mercedes Lewis, now a Chicago Bear, Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Nathaniel Hackett. I know I'm forgetting people. Uh, all on the sideline in the Jets game, former Packers. How are we feeling today? 844-770-3776. How you get into the show? We're live from the Everlight Solar Studio. Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. It's about to blue. You know what to do. That's Crush Coors Light. She's Molly Brown. I'm Jim Rutledge, America's favorite Alex, Alex G, behind the glass. What's happening? So how we, how are you two doing? I mean, is because I was surprised at the angst or sadness. And maybe that's our first Iron Jack poll question. We can give them some options. What word best describes how you feel about Mercedes Lewis on the Chicago Bears? Because it seemed to bother Packer fans more than it excited Bears fans just following both Twitter feeds. I mean, from my perspective, Mercedes is another veteran in the room mm-hmm. who is going to be their third or fourth tight end who is going to provide some good blocking, help out the new right tackle, the, the rookie, and another guy that knows this Luke Getzey offense and can be a sounding board for Justin Fields, which makes a lot of sense. But that sure as hell sounds like a guy that Jordan Love could have used, too. For sure. Uh, number one thing is I'm surprised that he didn't go to the New York Jets. Because I remember just a couple months ago, that was constantly being anticipated that he was going to be the next guy to go to New York. But I will say, when I first saw this news this morning, it didn't bother me. Because I was like, okay, whatever. What are the Bears getting out of this? But then my next thought is, what the heck is Brian Gutekunst doing? Like, we know that Mercedes Lewis isn't going to be a major contributor. He's not like he got what one touchdown last year against the Giants. I can't remember much beyond that. He's a good blocker, like you said. But to me, I think of him in the same way that the Packers used Randall Cobb. Use him as somebody that's a teacher for the young guys. We like the Packers don't have any experienced tight ends. That's going to be a rough position. We already know that. Mercedes Lewis had six receptions, 66 yards, two touchdowns. Oh, he had two touchdowns. I just remember the one against the Giants, and that was like such a big deal because, you know, it's him. But so it's not like you expect so much productivity out of the guy, but I expected him to be a teacher, maybe. And like, how much did the Bears sign him for? Do we have I think any it's idea? Two million dollar deal. And you're telling me that the Packers couldn't afford to do that to keep somebody with some experience to teach? Look. It is a clear. It's very clear that the Packers' number one goal out of this year is to play all their young players and see how they react. And they're going to rely heavily on their coaching staff to get these players better quickly throughout the year, and on their scouting staff to figure out how much of the struggles of this team are because they're young, how much of these struggles are because uh, they're not good. And I think Jordan Love is the one that faces the. I would say he has the 
the most amount of things going against them this year. Because Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs already are a year in. We already saw what they could be with Aaron Rodgers. And they are dependent on Jordan Love, but at the same time, if they're getting open, you can see that they're getting open. The coach staff can see that, and then it's on Love to get him the ball. Musgraves and Kraft, they're rookies. They're going to have a little bit of a learning curve there, and they're going to be able to get some leeway from the coaching staff. You look at DeGuara, well, he's, look, he's whatever. He's a nice third tight end. But honestly, it'd be better scenario if you had Mercedes Lewis, DeGuara, Musgrave, mm-hmm. and Kraft. Because again, Musgrave was a player who was injured in college. So all these things continue just to, I think, shine light on the fact that the Green Bay Packers are more interested in seeing what their young players are. And that gives that means giving them as many reps as possible. That includes Anders Carlson. That includes their tight ends. That includes their wide receivers. That includes really anything outside of the running back position just because winning does not seem to be their top priority. It doesn't mean they don't want to win, but if winning was their priority, they would have figured out maybe how to bring back Lazard or Mercedes Lewis or uh, Mason Crosby or any of the other people they let walk, Randall Cobb, to have some sort of veteran. They didn't have any interest in doing any of that. So I think they are in a full-on reset right now. It doesn't mean for sure they're going to be bad, but... They are just going to roll with the young players and take their lumps this year in hopes that it's a one-year dip, if there's a dip at all. But wouldn't it be helpful if you are planning for a rebuild to have some sort of veteran experience in there to help out your young guys? Like That's where I'm confused at. You think so? Don't you think there's a way that they could have said, hey, Mercedes, like we're bringing you back as a teacher. We're bringing you back to use your experience to help these young guys. You're not really going to see the field too much. Or can you just not do that when you have professional football players? A lot of teams do that. This, what the Packers are doing is, I guess, similar. I think the Lions did something similar last, you know, two years ago, and they kind of built it back up. But they had Stafford or Goff. I don't know who was quarterback at that point. I think that would have been Goff. Mm -hmm. So they still had a veteran quarterback there. And Chicago, I'm trying to think here offensively. I mean, they signed Lucas Patrick on the old line. He got hurt. He didn't play a lot. And they kept Cody Whitehair, another older player. They brought in Equinamus St. Brown, a player that at least knew the offense. Not a star, but like he was. I mean, he ended up because of all the injuries as their number two receiver. But to start, he was supposed to be their fourth. So they brought in some veterans to mix with the young players, but that was a different setup, though, too. Um, they had they had a problem. I think they had to reach the floor. They still have that problem this year with how little Chicago spent last year and how little is on their books this year just because of the way they don't have to pay their quarterback. And the, you know they kind of gutted their roster two years ago. So they had to bring in some veterans just to reach the minimum amount of money to spend, and that's not where Green Bay is. So mm-hmm. maybe Chicago would have done the same thing. The Lions were close. So... There's nothing wrong with this plan except, and I don't think the Packers are doing this. It's Packer fans that are projecting this onto it. Expecting wins, expecting a division title, it doesn't mean it won't happen, but that's not what this team is. That's not what LaFleur and I think Goody and the expectations within that team, if you had them behind closed doors and asked them candidly, I mean, what is your real goal out of this season? I mean, they want to win as many games as possible, but they know as many games as possible might be six. And I think they just want to know, how does Jordan Love handle adversity? How do these young players look? 
Who do we need to replace? Who but, do we start to resign? But you're not setting them up for success I in agree it. That's with what you I don't that. understand. That's why I'm questioning snaps. what the they, heck is Goody doing? They think snaps. They think snaps will, will solve all the problems. So what I, as I sit here and look at it, I think that losing Mercedes Lewis is huge because even statistically, he would play very few snaps. He would likely not get much yardage. I, I think it would be a very similar season to how it was last year. But on a fourth quarter, fourth like two-minute drive, I would rather have him out there helping organize the offensive line and the young tight ends than I would, you know, getting Musgraves a third rep. You know, it, like who cares about that? We need to move the ball to give Jordan Love and the rest of the offense some help, keep the guy who knows what he's doing. Right, and I think that's where Jim's point of getting those guys snaps comes in and like what their actual goal is. Because while we don't specifically know what their goal is because they won't tell us, that is what Jim is saying is like, you know, those guys that you're just talking about, Musgraves, keeping them in, okay, maybe that will make him a better tight end. But like you're saying, if you're actually trying to win games, well, then that's when you keep the Mercedes Lewis. Right. It just it feels to me like they're doing, like they want to improve this team and develop this team, and they're doing it poorly. Like, and this is a way big difference. But as, as I just finished my first year with the Radicals, I learned a lot more from the guys who do what I do, telling me how I, like, the, the tips of the trade – and if, if you don't have those guys, yes, they have tight ends coaches. They have everything. But, like, on the field, seeing what's the right thing to do and putting everyone else in a better position is, is just infinitely better, in my opinion, than, you know, saying, go play. 844-770-3776. Mercedes Lewis signs with the Chicago Bears. You saw a lot of veteran Packers on the sidelines in the Hall of Fame game against the Jets. Should the Packers have had more veterans on their roster? It's too late now. I mean, there's really nobody of importance or value. I shouldn't even say that. They can sign Jarvis Landry tomorrow, and the whole script is flipped on expectations for this team. But maybe they don't want that. Maybe they want the expectation to have excuses built in for this offense. Not because they're afraid, but if they say, hey, we all learn together, and Jordan Love and Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and Musgraves all have ups and downs together, well, then maybe that'll be better in the long run. They are clearly taking the macro, not micro, look to roster building right now. And I do think that they feel like over the next couple of years, they'd be able to kind of reset their roster with Rodgers coming off the books. And I don't think Jordan Love's going to, draw the salary that Aaron Rodgers did so that could allow them to do more. Let's get out to the phone lines, 844-770-3776. Robin Madison, what's going on? What up? Hey. So I, I personally love this because in the past when the veterans, let, let's bring up the offense last year, how many times do you see on the sideline either Robert's, uh, Rodgers chewing out LaFleur or, you know, change in the play. You know, when you bring in veterans from other staffs, maybe they bring in dirty habits. Maybe they're saying stuff that goes against the coaches. And everybody, a couple people, Molly and someone else, I don't know, Alex, dude, mentioned, well, who's going to teach this? Who's going to get the line and tight ends ready for this two-minute drill? How many coaches are on the staff? They got a tight end coach. They got all these. Maybe they just want to bring in the young group 
and the coaches don't need to hear the lip from the veterans or, you know, the veteran brings the guy up the side, no, no, don't listen to that guy. Do this. That's a good uh, thought there, Rob. Thanks for the call, 844-770-3776. How do you feel about the lack of veterans on the Green Bay Packers, especially on offense? We'll take your calls on that, 844-770-3776. There's a case to be made there, the coaching staff. You know, that's their job. The it is They do clearly want a, a clean slate. If, if they could, I think, if they could not have David Bakhtiari, Bakhtiari on the team, they would not want him on the team. That's right where my mind goes yeah. with what Robert was saying, yeah. where it's just like, think of the energy that David Bakhtiari brings in. He lost his guy in Rodgers. He lost probably all those other guys that he was most likely friends with, I would assume, that went to New York as well, that how does he feel? What's the vibe that he's giving to these young players? What is that whole dynamic like? I don't know. It's a great question. Bakhtiari, his comments are in the offseason weren't great. Very much about almost an us and them of like mm-hmm. we as the Packers are not trying to compete anymore, and so he is clearly not on the same timeline of this team. I mean, it, whatever David Bakhtiari ends up being, it's not going to be something you can rely on all the time. I mean, he has to already to start the season, which is smart. But when a veteran player has has a modified practice schedule because of all the injuries they've had in their lower body, that's not going to get better. So I think Green Bay's plan is to move off Bakhtiari after this year. And he will not time up with this timeline. I think if they could justify getting rid of him, they would. He's just probably a little too good. It doesn't mean they wouldn't trade him. There were trades last year. I don't know what you get out of it, but maybe at some point during the season, if the team is struggling, maybe you move him for a fourth or fifth round pick or conditional pick, depending on how many snaps he plays with a certain team. But that could be another aspect of it. I just think of, uh, who was it, Robert Quinn two years ago, I think led the NFL in sacks and then get maybe 20 and a half. Then last year with Chicago, team was struggling. He was doing okay, trading to the Eagles for a fourth rounder. So maybe that fourth, fifth rounder from a contending team for Bakhtiari, if there's an unfortunate injury, could make some sense. If they can absorb that deal. Again, these are all different parts that it's harder to trade in the NFL, but Bakhtiari is one of those guys I think they – be fine not having around. Do you think there's any way or connection that Rodgers taking the pay cut in New York could get David Bakhtiari out there? Uh, man, I, I don't know. I think... That's his guy? I think that only happens if he's cut or if it's a lower pick. I don't think these two teams are going to engage again. Now, if you want to say it's a fourth round or fifth round pick... Maybe the maybe they're into it a little bit, or maybe it's a modification of their current trade. I don't know exactly how you do that, but mm-hmm. if you could say, "Hey, um, I forget, was there a second rounder in there somewhere, or is it just a conditional Ooh. first? I don't know the exact details of the trade, but maybe you could also modify that trade a little bit as well. I think David Bakhtiari would still have to adjust his contract some more, but maybe he'd be willing to do so if he went to the Jets. Exactly. Those are all possibilities, but. It is an interesting time for the Packers because as much as we wanted to say in the past or people got worked up in the past that the Packers weren't going all in, this is truly what not going all in looks like. The Packers got a first-round pick, number 13, second-round pick, and a sixth-round pick this year, and then a conditional second-round choice in 2024. Okay, so they pick swap this and year. And a first-round. I think the conditional is either it's a second or a first. 
But the second round will almost certainly be a first because it's only yeah. 60% of snaps. 65. Mm-hmm. 65? Okay, yeah. Uh, before we go to break here, tell you a little bit of uh, breaking Badger news. Uh, 2025 three-star point guard Zach Kinzinger uh, commits to Wisconsin, and he is out of De Pere, six foot three, hundred seventy-five pound player for twenty twenty-five, and uh, he is the one hundred sixty-first overall prospect in the twenty twenty-five cycle, twenty-fifth point guard prospect in the ratings part of it. But they did add a point guard for their twenty twenty-five. Class from De Pere, Wisconsin. So, Fun fact. Yes. My dad coached his dad at Lawrence University in football. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Well, now we have uh, <laughs> some inside info. <laughs> Does that make you feel old? Um, Does it make your dad feel old? I think it probably old? makes my dad feel old because you got to think about it. Because what? Those guys are 20, let's say 22 when they're there. And then now he has a kid that's 18 years old. So that's 40-ish, probably old. Well, Older than that, because, yeah. No. I'm a man! I'm 40! The math. The math is not math for me right now, but yeah, my dad probably feels old with that. 844-770-3776. So you concerned the Packers don't have many veterans on their team. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Oregon and Washington are leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten. It's they, Oregon, Jim. They join uh, no the the <laughs> uh, Panthers. The Oregon oh, Panthers are coming. Wow. <laughs> Oregon uh, and Washington are leaving the Pac-12 to join the Big Ten. They now join USC and UCLA, which are on their way as well. And I've seen reports that it's not out of the realm of possibility that the couch football. Landscape will break out the two giant conferences. They could just end up as the West Big Ten, East. Big Ten, <laughs> and the SEC. Maybe it's three. Maybe the Big Twelve's in there as well. And that's kind of it. Why not like soccer style relegation? We have the means. That would be so much more fun to watch the Bearcats just shoot up out of nowhere, become an SEC team. All right, explain regulation to me because I don't really know relegation. how it works. Relegation. Relegation. And so what it is is that the. Each year, there's 20 teams in the Premier League, right? And and the bottom three teams have to face relegation. And that means that they're playing the top three teams in the league below them in order to stay in the Premier League. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they get knocked down to the Champions League. And from there, it's like Champions 2. And from there, it's another. like So, theoretically, any club team could become a Premier League team. And, uh, and so, any college team, there's 133 FBS schools or whatever it is, 132, any one of them could become an SEC school or become a Big Ten school, but if maybe the worst team in the SEC gets knocked down to the Big Ten and the best team in the Big Ten gets jumped up to the SEC and so on and so forth. So you did a great job explaining that, but I will say that I think soccer is one of the most confusing sports, like organizationally. Organizationally? A lot of leagues. That's a word. Wise. Like, the sport in general 
easy to understand. I've played it my whole life. Like, I get it. Totally makes sense. Everything about it. You know the offsides rule? I do. It's oh. not as difficult as people try to make it seem. But, like, just the organization of it is so confusing to me. I don't know. So, I don't know if I agree with you that that should happen, but might be interesting. Hockey is similar like that, though, too. Where I don't, with a lot of the players, where they're coming from, like, somehow they're playing for UW, and then, but they were drafted at one yeah. point. So, like, that one also is confusing. I honestly do think it hurts the appeal of both sports because it is so a too. little tricky to pick up on. I think just for Premier League alone, right, that, that relegation bracket and whatnot, that makes sense. But the problem is each country has their own league then outside of the Premier League. And then you have all the best teams from each league that play in the Champions League, which is also the name of the league below the Premier League. That's where it gets confusing. And then it's confusing because then the World Cup is like... Any of these players are on any of these teams can just go play for whatever country that they are from. Or yeah, you play for the country that you're from or that you live. So a lot of teams, ha- people have the opportunity to play for one, like either where they're from originally or where they play currently. But they almost always just go back to where they play. Way or, too or confusing for me. But could you? But going back to college football, though, if yeah. it did split up into being two, that'd be crazy. It would. Please. She's Molly Brown. I'm Jim Rutledge. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Get into the show, 844-770-3776. Alex G. Behind the Glass. Are you upset about all the changes in college football? I think we can throw that up there as a Iron Jock poll question. Do we need to add more context to it or are we good with that? Just, I mean, just leave it like that. Are you upset? Well, yeah, honestly, all of it. Are you upset with all the changes in college football over the last few years? 844-770-3776. And... Well, over the last few years, what do you consider that? Do you consider that even the playoffs becoming a thing? No, I would say name and likeness. Maybe we can add the context in there. Name and likeness, transfer portal, and okay. conference realignment. Okay. Actually, why don't we post? Why don't we post it like this? Uh, we'll work it. We'll workshop it right now. But as we're thinking about it, you can chime in eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six and let us know if you're happy. But for the Iron Jack poll question, which are you the most upset about as far as changes in college football? Name and likeness, the transfer portal, or the conference lean, uh, realignment. And none of them get me that worked up. The one that I'm most concerned about is the transfer portal. Just because, like anything else, sometimes you just want to... You don't want to keep young people in a bad situation, but sometimes you have to protect them mm-hmm. that if you're bouncing around a lot you could end up bouncing yourself out of college football which is which is happening the name and likeness uh, I heard Melvin Gordon we, we did an interview with them and that's available Wisconsin the man Apple Spotify any of those great places me and Brad Norman a couple weeks ago and our Roger Hamilton feed is brought to you by our good friends at Revive Restoration go to revivepros.com if you have water damage mold issues smoke damage you have asbestos they can help make your place better revivepros.com but they talked about how in college, even if you're not getting great advice on what to do with your finances, a lot of these players are going to, one, if you have enough money to really lose a lot of money, that means you've made your mistakes in college where it's not as important. And a lot of people make mistakes with money in college, but you still could come out of college debt-free. You know, They don't pay for their, their schooling. And then if they, if they got $70,000 and it's gone... Okay, they might be going pro, but there's worse thing, you know, just the idea of making mistakes in college, like 70, most people do. Seventy thousand dollars is a lot of money to lose, but I, I, I hear you. <laughs> but if you're a professional athlete or I'm tracking yeah. towards being that, 
it'd be better for them to make those mistakes now, learn those lessons now, was their point of who to trust, who not to trust in college. Yes, I mean, it's a different life. But so I'm not too bothered by the name of likeness. The bowl line, I mean, the conference alignments, it is what it is. Like, it's not even worth getting your ire up on because what's, what are you going to do? Like, you just have to deal with it. I mean, all these are kind of like that, but that's pretty mundane. You're just going to face different teams. So what if we, what if we changed the, the scope of this poll? What if instead of what are you most upset with, what are you most intrigued by? We don't have to be so negative, Jim. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to Jim, or judgmental Jim Rutledge here. True, but I honestly, we can switch it, but most people are upset about one of those things. Like That seems to be what bothers people. We can flip a positive, Alex, since you're producing today. If you want to fl- flip that poll, uh, <laughs> you can do that. post both polls. What's that? <laughs> Just post both. There you go. Uh, 844-770-3776. What change in college football over the last few years are you most excited about? Molly? Intrigued, I believe was the word. Intrigued about. Same thing. Um, so I kind of just go back to just a few years ago when Rutgers and Maryland joined the Big Ten. I feel like people are pretty upset about that. Um, and honestly, sometimes I still get upset by that because I'm like, why are these two teams in the Big Ten? They stink. Granted, I know Wisconsin's been struggling. Iowa struggles. Northwestern kind of stinks. Who else do we got? Indiana stinks. Like, all that. It's not like the Big Ten is necessarily better than those schools but when we first got the news of UCLA and USC joining I'm excited about that I think that's exciting to have these teams that played we talked about yesterday totally different style of football than what we're used to in the Big Ten which is so exciting and they're big name schools but I'm way more excited for those than I ever was for Ru- Ru- I almost said Rutledge <laughs> <laughs> Rutledge Rutgers. Um, for Rutgers. <laughs> Rutledge is a crappy school, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but, like, you know what I mean? It, it, it's exciting that there's going to be good schools coming here, but I'm just confused. How do they determine, or do the are they just letting these schools pick which conference they want to switch to? Because, like, Arizona, they're planning on going to the Big 12. Oregon, too? Oregon's coming to. They're coming to the Big 10. Yes, with Washington. Who are the other ones then? Because it wasn't there more. Because well, then you still got Washington State. Now. They're all going to be gone now. That conference is cooked. At Oregon this point. State. Those yeah. schools are just going to disappear. I almost feel like. Yeah, yeah. That conference is over. So I don't know where they'll all end up, but that conference is definitely over. And they can just choose. We want to go to the Big Twelve. We want to go to the Big Ten. That's how that works. Rob Madison chimes in. He'll be most intrigued when Camp Randall finally starts selling alcohol in the stands. Maybe next year if the Cole Center is starting it. We talked about that yesterday. Yeah, I don't know why they just can't do it now. I mean, what kind of infrastructure do you have to put in there? Taps. You could you, literally get those, like, You don't carts. have to have the taps, though, first year. You could have, I think of, my my understanding, and I could be wrong, but the last I heard it, at the Kohl Center, it's going to be a lot of, like, the kiosk sort of things. That's what I'm thinking, like the Dippin' Dots cart, just, like, rolling up. Well, when you go to, like, a game, those of us who drink beer and alcohol, Molly, they have like the actual parts where you like go through okay, and buy. I was making it simple. like, <laughs> But like you could just say, like how you buy beer at AmFam Field. That's what they're going to well, do. Well, which one are you talking about? You're talking about the one that they ask you for a tip when you self-serve yourself? Yeah, but that's that's how they'll do it. You have to monitor it because it's 21. You know, you have to be 21. So they have to have someone sitting there. You just put no tip. But it'll be uh, the same thing at AmFam Fields. They do that at uh, Lambeau Field? Do they have the kiosk there? I'm sure they do, but I always just wait in line because I'm also getting like a pretzel or a burger. Yeah, so 
Um, but at AM Fan Field, they have the kiosk. You go right through it. That's what they're putting in here. Because I did hear at Coles. The other part of it is there is some infrastructure, which I don't think they're going to fix. Like some of these giant beer coolers, some of these kegs, some of these things can't fit in the current space that they have for the vendors. So it will have to almost be in the breezeways, the causeways, like just open space. So you're going to be, it'll basically be self-serve with someone monitoring it. That's how it's going to be at the coal center is my understanding. Maybe some of the places will be able to serve because they also want to keep it separate. They don't want the food lines to get all jammed up. Mm -hmm. And that's another way to do it. And there's also like a who's serving it sort of thing. So then again, if you have someone watching it, you just grab and go. Because what is it? Wine, seltzers, and beer. All those can be grab and go. Hmm. And I, I think I think you could do that at Camp Randall without wine? a lot of wine. <laughs> no, that's going to be interesting. But they, I think they have smaller bottles. Of well, wine. yeah, they have yeah. smaller bottles. But then what? You're just like drinking the bottle of wine. Sure. What do you? Just how bougie like, are you, Molly? It just doesn't feel like there watching the, the the You're at a Badger game. Isn't, isn't the point of wine to be people. a little bit schnazzy mm, and you know, like pinkies 2022 up? Two thousand twenty-two Merlot <laughs> out of a <laughs> flip-flop bottle. Maybe instead of the Dippin' Dots cart, by the way, maybe I should have said, like, the Toasted Nut cart at, like, the Amphibian <laughs> No, you know what I'm talking about? I frequent the, <laughs> that kiosk. <laughs> that's what I was more so thinking, like, that's what's going to have the beer. So, 844-770-3776, do you prefer Dippin' Dots or Toasted Nuts? <laughs> that's Molly's poll question of the day, 844-770-3776. Mike, the postman chimes in, expanded playoffs will be great. More high drama games, and it will allow teams that never had a chance before to get their shot. Well, so that was kind of my question, too, is how much are they going to be expanding these? Because it's, it's just going to keep going, right? Like, they added it last year, but, like, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger, especially if there's only the two conferences. Correct? Yes, but not in a hurry. I actually saw, I think on Monday, Chris Orr and I talked about this, that I honestly think as this depends what they do with the conferences. But let's say there's let's say they roll with some sort of modified SEC, Big Ten, and Big Twelve. Let's say the ACC holds, and then there's the other ones. Like I think you should put in the conference winners for all. So whatever the is it the American Conference or I forget what it is for like Cincinnati's in the their their conference. I don't think it's Conference USA, but I think you should have like one. One team at a minimum who's not a power five or power three, whatever ends up being as far as conferences, that team should automatically be in the playoffs in addition to the traditional power schools. Hmm. I don't want to overload it with power schools because they're going to be, there's a competitive advantage to them being able to play all these other schools within their own conference. But then how mad would you be as a Badger fan if Wisconsin got beat out by that lesser school? Oh, I'd be embarrassed. Yeah, but. Just be better. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, flip it the other way. If Cincinnati went undefeated and they beat some solid teams along the way in Wisconsin, if Wisconsin's beat out by it, because still, if we're down to like three conferences, you're still going to have at-large bids to fill. Mm -hmm. So Wisconsin can still get one. But otherwise, yeah, if you have two I mean, if to not win the Big Ten, it's probably two losses. So what's two losses? Who would they lose to? I mean, it could work out badly for them, but I think most of the time, you can make a strong enough case where it's a coin flip for those schools as far as a Cincinnati or a Power 5 school and who deserves to be in there. I'll tell you, it means a lot more to a lot of those Power 5 schools who've never been there. Now, I know Wisconsin has not been there, but in general, Ohio State being disappointed being mm-hmm. the 4 or 5 seed or in this case the 7 seed in the playoffs as opposed to a highly motivated, highly excited number you know number 7 seed Cincinnati, which is like the greatest thing that ever happened to them. There's, there's something to that. Yeah. I mean... Do you think they should change the conference names? Robin Madison chimes in on that. If they are going to do this, well, yeah, 
Because what are they going to be? The Big 15? The big 18. Big 18? That's dumb. They got to just be like big. The conference. <laughs> in the, <laughs> huge. Huge conference. Dude. Huge. But I mean, seriously, what, what else would you call it if you want to keep the Big 10? Because there's no way that you can get rid of the name Big 10. Or Big. You're just emphasizing the big. That's the important part. Tell me I'm wrong, though. But what does big stand for, then? Because SEC stands for something. Southeastern, Southeastern Conference. But, like, what would mid... Big Ten does not stand for anything. Maybe it does. Uh, no, I Alex don't think McDonough. it does. I mean, no, it I, I probably doesn't. Yeah. I don't but think like, it does, yeah. Huh. I don't know what you'd call it. You probably have to Midwest. it. It's not Midwest. God, what was it they called the Big Ten before they went... They went with uh, legends and leaders. That's what they went with. When the first time when they split the Big Ten into the conferences, okay. it was legends and leaders. That's horrendous. And not West or East. Uh, Tim in Oregon chimes in. The big sellout could be <laughs> what you could call it. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, well, because here's the problem: you can't even go big because there's Big Twelve. And true. so, how I, many teams are going to be in the Big Twelve then? 72. I don't know. It's it's too hard to figure it out. It's not even regional. Just call it the conglomerate. Like, I don't know, like, what you'd call it because it is. I'm just even thinking on a map, what would it be then? Because if the ACC remains, which I don't think they will with all this happening, like, in the years to come, then it'll just be the SEC. But then when you think about it on a map, then it's like you got Big Ten, Big 12, SEC, so it's like just three parts of the country. Do you know what I mean? Right, but like the Big Ten just kind of makes like, like a, you may call it the M because it's a little bit east, then in the middle, and then out uh, out west. It kind of creates makes, an M on the state. Yeah, it kind of makes like the shape of when they show like low pressure on the weather, how it goes like that. That's kind of what it is. Low pressure conference is that we want to call it. <laughs> High pressure. The know. Adam and Madison chimes in with the scattered 20. Uh, and that's what we're going to take your calls on, 844-770-3776. What do we call the Big Ten now that it's way more than 10 teams? The conference formerly known as Big Ten? Just maybe put a, a symbol, symbol on it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Bill from Janesville chimes in, 11 states, the Big 11. Rob in Madison, enormous league. That could be another one. <laughs> call it the Magnum Conference. This is uh, Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. was at Carver World Health earlier today, did my monthly check-in before I got more semi-glutide. It's part of the uh, safe but also effective plan that I have in place with my friends at Carver World Health to make sure that semi-glutide is right for me, it is working correct, and that my body is responding positively to it, and it still is. I It's part of my workout routine over at Carver World Health. It should be part of your weight loss routine. It is the first and only FDA-approved weight loss treatment out there. You've heard... Uh, all the celebrities talk about it. You heard Charles Barkley talk about it. You've heard me talk about it. It is a way for you to lose weight safely and effectively. Go see Dr. Ness Rodriguez. See if you qualify for it. See if it's right for you. See if it's safe for you. If it is, it is a game-changing weight loss treatment. It burns 
fat, not muscle. I am down to 196 pounds and 9% body fat. And it, here's the other part of it. You start losing this weight, it motivates you to do more. I joked yesterday, which is true. I did run more and I hate it. But that's only because I couldn't do the great workouts at Carbon World Health, so I wanted to do something. But it does motivate you to watch your diet more. It motivates you to work out more. So it can lead to long-term positive effects with your weight loss journey. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You can learn more about that at CarbonWorldHealth.com. We are asking you, give me the, or give us, Molly Brown, Jim Rutledge with you, uh, Alex G behind the glass in the Everlight Solar Studio, give us a new name for the Big Ten Conference is now they will be adding USC, UCLA, Washington, and uh, the Oregon Ducks. Also, give me a name, and maybe we throw this, and we can throw this on the ESPN Madison Twitter if we want to talk about it, but what should... There has to be a new rivalry game between UW and UW, Washington, and Wisconsin. Oh. But we got to come up with the trophy for it. Well, it's the Huskies and the Badgers. It's a W for both. We can kind of work through that as well. You can take your calls on that, 844-770-3776. Bill from Janesville chimes in with Coast to Coast Conference. That's not bad. The Dylan from Janesville says it should be called the Big 12. I guess we just take that from them. Uh, and then uh, uh, I would say that this is uh, – and Jeff and Janesville had a bunch of questions about what happens in Notre Dame and all the rest of this. So it's going to get wild out there as far as the college football playoffs. That's like the next step. But realistically right now we're really – it's the conference realignment that's kind of dominating the news. So give us a name for uh, the trophy or give us a trophy that should exist for when Wisconsin, because that has to be a rivalry then. Wisconsin versus Washington, battle for the W or whatever it is. You have to have it. Only one gets mm-hmm. to be called UW. Uh, Carl chimes in and says Super 18 or Ultra 18. Okay. Not bad. No X? No votes for X? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? W. Like Twitter, you just do the X. Oh. Um, you can do it with that. I say whichever team wins the the rivalry game gets the website domain because it was so annoying as a student having to type in WISC when I always would be like UW Health or like UW. It would always take me to like I'm not in Washington. Figure it out. I got you. I got you. So get the do- domain name eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. What should be the trophy for the upcoming? Wisconsin versus Washington rivalry. Make it a slab of bacon. A little throwback to what the Minnesota rivalry used to be. And then it has UW on both sides and team colors. So I'm guessing it's a fake slab of bacon then. I don't want a green or a, what is it? Purple? I don't want purple bacon. Yeah. Purple and gold. Yeah. It's not great. But <laughs> uh, I don't mind that one. I don't know what bacon has to do with Washington, but obviously has a lot to do with Wisconsin. Well, so. what are the other rival names? Uh, so we have Floyd the, of Ro- well, so you don't have the name of like the trophy though. The Paul Bunyan Axe. You have the Heartland Trophy. Is that one for Iowa? Yep. Uh, is that kind of the main ones? Isn't there one between Nebraska and Wisconsin? Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, what is that one called? It's like something stupid. Is that what's called something stupid? Yeah, basically. Um, uh, let's see. Wisconsin versus Alex. You can look that up. So what we need a, we need a title for this trophy. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Freedom what, Trophy. What should the trophy be named in the upcoming rivalry between Wisconsin and Washington? Um, what are some other things about like Washington? So Washington versus Washington State has the Apple Cup with the Apple Cup Trophy. That could be better. Well, <laughs> we can look at. So Sadler <laughs> chimes in the North and West Hoedown. So 
Like the hoedown. That's what he wants to call the game, the hoedown. Hmm. Mississippi State versus Ole Miss has the Egg Bowl with the Golden Egg Trophy. These are horrendous. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the point of these? The Okefenokee or between oh god I, are you have you right back there i'm dyslexic <laughs> this is so bad there's so many e's the dub do you just get like a big giant like chain like a w <laughs> chain that <laughs> would kind of be really cool it'd be very the play, modern the players would be into it for sure uh, just a big w chain that you get to hang around like a mannequin in the trophy closet so you can, or like in the trophy case so you have like you know you put one of those mannequin heads in there and you just hang a trophy by hang the the uh, necklace around. It. You know every player have- can do like a selfie with it. You know how they have like the trophies sitting on the sidelines for these games. Well, they just have the mannequin body sitting on the sideline. Like that'd uh, be a little weird. no Bucky and uh, the hus- I'm sure there's like a husky mascot. They get to wear the the W. Whoever won, they can rock it. Yeah, it's got to be gaudy. I don't mind the W trophy. The dub. And it's a big giant W necklace chain thing, and maybe it's uh, something with I don't know how you could do the colors into it. The Huskies have a, a mascot, Harry the Husky, and then they have a real Husky named Dubs. The but Husky is, is cute. Dubs two, which leads me to believe Dubs one had a long tenure as uh, as the the mascot. <laughs> Poor Dubs. Yeah, well, Harry the Husky can rock the dub. Along with Bucky Badger, depending on who wins it. But I could see like each side is like the school's colors. Yeah, but maybe you could do it almost like you know, you have the cars, like the the paint job can like change in the light, so it's sort of like uh, one side is like a what are their colors? Gold and purple. Yep. So like depending on how the light hits it, it's either gold or purple, and flip it over, it's going to be either cardinal or kind of a like a bright white for the Badgers. That'd be cool. You have that in there. That's the leader in the clubhouse right now. I would say the dub necklace, eight four four set or the dub chain, if you will. It's not really a necklace. Yeah, yeah. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. What should the trophy be for the future Washington versus Wisconsin rivalry? Right now, the leader in the clubhouse is the dub chain. It's unfortunate that uh their colors just really don't go together at all. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much into it. I think you're. Thinking, what do you mean, like Wisconsin and? Yeah, Washington. Like their colors are really ugly together. Purple and red. Well, why would no they? No thanks. <laughs> well, they should have thought this through before joining the Big Ten. Come exactly. On. I mean, come on. Cross country conference. Do USC and UCLA have like a rivalry trophy? They've got to, right? The and Nick and Madison chimes in. Trophy should be a UW, and the owner of that trophy is the only one that can claim the title for the year. So only one school could be UW or UW throughout. Hmm. You like that one? Mm. Is it we still sticking with the, UC, the chain? UCLA USC has the victory bell. Now, does the dub chain? Is it actually a W or is it say the dub? Is it just? A I big think it's D? a W. What for dub? Why would it be a big D? <laughs> yeah, what? Uh, also, if it was a W, though, now that I'm thinking, is I think that the the font of the Ws are totally different. Because Wisconsin has the motion W, and then Washington has the nerdy That's why it's going to be you have to put something like in between. Like, so it's kind of, it's like two chains in one. But I put like a spinner in between? Like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I don't know. I don't know. Six away chimes in. Again, Dylan with red and blue trophy uh, is another one that chimes in there. 
I don't know which one of these will be a winner, but I know you could be a winner by going to Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. Last month alone, nearly $12 million in jackpots, $250,000. The biggest fella. jackpots so far this year. It's not complicated, Mark Murphy. Just go to Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison and go be a winner. This is Rutledge Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. this we're partying on a friday right Uh uh-huh what we're back in like 2012 right now i love it you can see molly headbanging on the stream right now molly brown give us uh 2012 molly brown 2012 molly brown what was i was i 11 15 is that when this movie this song came out is that what you said honestly probably around there it's gotta be right 2010 i have no idea i don't know so take um, us back in time. 2012, oh. Molly Brown. Ooh, let's think. Okay, 2012, Molly Brown. I would have been, that's 11 years ago. I would have been 15 years old. Okay. Um, Probably still in my awkward phase. Uh, As opposed to now. Not awkward at all. Head banging on the stream <laughs> whatsoever. Um, Probably, what was like the fashion in 2012? I'm trying to think. We were talking about the fashion from the... 80s and 11 90s. years ago, I was 32, so the fashion is still different <laughs> dramatically for the two of us. It came out in 06. Holy cow. Whoa. You know, that's one of those moments where you're just like, I feel old. Okay, 06. I'll, I would have been nine. <laughs> so I was... I would have been 26. Yeah. You would have been my age. Yeah, there you go. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, Bring us back to 26-year-old Jim Rutledge. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> Wait, we didn't hear Molly, though. And Alex, go ahead. What Were out? Were you around the same age then? Yeah, we yeah. were the same age, yeah. Yeah, so nine-year-old Alex G. Molly Brown, give me the, the rundown here. Nine-year-old, if I could even remember. Uh, probably wearing like a YMCA basketball shirt, because that was what I was in. Mm. Playing Pokemon on my, my Game Boy SP while making a <laughs> fort in the woods with my friend Logan. Okay. Watching High School Musical. And you, you were mm. in Zona, Iowa. Where were you? When I was nine, I would have been in Wisconsin. Okay. Up in Sheboygan. Okay. Appleton for me. Yep. Okay. Um, wow, you guys were close, too. Not we that were. far apart. Yeah. I went, I went to I went to Appleton because that's where the mall was. We would go there. Yep. Get... The Fox River Mall. Oh, oh that was yeah. the best back in the day. Does barely exists anymore. It's so sad. Stop it, Hot Topic. All, mall, all malls are sad. They all look like <laughs> scenes out of a zombie apocalypse movie for at this sure. point. You never brought us in a 26-year-old gym, though. Was that I will. Florida I just gym? wanted to... That's man. Fast Florida gym. I need one a minute. It's hard to remember 26-year-old me, but I was trying... <laughs> so 26-year-old me would have been wearing... This was around the time I applied for the internship or was interning at ESPN West Palm. So, uh, again, I had a long run in college. So, uh, <laughs> partially... <laughs> Uh, it was like 10 years 10 years but I mean two of those years were bar- like, I had to like establish residency it really in took you that long yes and no so I started at Cal Pi High at what 18 19 years old at University of Wisconsin Washington County and was there I didn't actually get my associated degree but that's because I just wasn't paying attention I had enough credits for it I just didn't get it and then I decided to go to UW Lacrosse for a year so that would have mm. probably put me at like 
22, 23. Mm -hmm. And so then I decided to, that lacrosse, really cold and awful. And so then I moved down to Florida. But I lived there for like eight, nine months. And then I was like, I'm going to stay, but I didn't establish residency. So then I had to live there another 12 months, like with a like actual address and like change my license plate and mm-hmm. get a driver's license down there. So that right there knocked out about two years out of those 10 years. Uh, but then like once I got going, I think at FAU, I think I was there two and a half years and I knocked out because that was the other part of it. Like nothing from Wisconsin transferred to like actually like allowing me, like it gave me the credits, but it would not like transfer in a way that would like, it wasn't apples to apples. Yeah. So anyways, I got, I crammed in, Basically, three years of college that I needed to cram in because the first couple of years at Cal Poly High ended up just being a waste. I crammed those in in a two and a half year window. So I think I was at FAU in two, for two and a half years, and it should have been three. So once I finally decided to get it done, I got it done pretty quickly. But before that, I was just kind of finding my way. So at 26, it would have been long hair. Weed is tight. Weed is tight. Long, thick beard. Oh my um, gosh. Lots of clothes from Goodwill and uh, was working at different restaurants down in South Florida. Now, when you came into those restaurants, it was very similar to like a Ruth's Chris. So then my hair was slicked back because you couldn't have, if you had long hair, you had to slick it back at the restaurant I worked at. And you had to have a heavily starched shirt. And so, like, the difference between me uh, at work with like dress pants, dress shoes, heavily starched shirt, and hair slicked back was different than. Me after work. When you say long hair, was it like shoulder Alex length. G? Oh. Shoulder length. Okay. It was long hair for me. Shoulder length. Because my hair curls, but more than Alex, like it curls and like it would bounce. Like it would be like bouncy. Like it would just, <laughs> would, it would, at a certain point, it just stopped. It would take forever for the girl longer. It would just grow like out and like curl. And so. <laughs> that Florida humidity, it'll get you. That's why I can't yeah. go that down would be there. My horrendous. hair would just blow up. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that would have been 26 year old me. So basketball shorts, goodwill. Uh, probably board operating. Do you have any photos of five you back guys? I think I can find one. Yeah, okay. I can find one. I feel very called out right now. Why is Why? that? Because he's describing you? Yeah, he's just <laughs> describing me just before I moved to Florida. But it's fine. It's great. There you go. Well, look, Florida's a nice place to live. This is Religion Animal 10% of my Coors Light. The GRB Rays have established themselves as one of the top baseball programs in the Midwest.